Hello everybody, I'm Hank Wilson. Welcome to another message in my Living a True Christian Life series. Our world is infected today, not with a virus, not with a bacteria. No, it is infected with something far worse. It is infected and infested with hate. Today I'm going to talk about how we can start letting go of hate. Everywhere we turn today, hate and hatred is there. Somebody always seems to be hating on somebody else for something another person said or did. I don't think I've ever seen this much hatred before, or at least not so open and easily expressed. For a country where so many people claim to be Christians, there sure are a bunch who don't remember the love thy neighbor or that Jesus has commanded that we are to forgive others. For a country that is called the United States of America, <laughs> we're as divided as we were prior to the Civil War. Divisions exist because fewer people are willing to try and accept other people. No, it's just easier to flat out hate and let hate be the guiding light in life. That way you don't have to try and understand others or even talk to them. You can just snarl and ignore them. When did it become acceptable to hate everyone who doesn't agree with us? When did we lose our basic ability to just listen to one another? Disagree with them? Absolutely. But to scream at them? Threaten them with violence? What's that all about? Is it ever really appropriate to hate others? Now I think that is an interesting question. The book of Ecclesiastes does say in chapter 3 verse 8, There is a time to love and a time to hate. But hate what? Each other? Are we supposed to hate someone who doesn't vote the same way you do? Should we hate somebody because they're gay? Is it okay to hate somebody because they're not the same race as you? No! What that scripture means is that it's okay to hate evil. <laughs> we should hate and oppose injustice. We should hate that our brothers and sisters are suffering. I am perfectly fine saying I hate what the Nazis did in World War II or what the Khmer Rouge did in Cambodia when they exterminated millions of people. I hate how millions of people have starved to death in North Korea, or how millions have been killed worldwide in various forms of genocide. That's because we are told in Psalm 97 verse 10, You who love the Lord hate evil. Evil is the key here. And just because someone doesn't agree with you or look like you or act like you doesn't mean they are evil. They're just different. You're supposed to love your neighbor and consider them your brother. In 1 John 3.15 it's written, Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. Jesus goes so far as to tell us in Matthew 5, 43 and 44, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So the rules are pretty clear. When it comes to other people, we are not, I repeat, not supposed to hate them. We are supposed to love them. If they have wronged us, we are to forgive them. And most importantly of all, we are to pray for them. Otherwise, we begin going down a slippery slope of evil ourselves. 
Once hate fills our hearts and our minds, there is little room for love or reason or rational thought. We are overcome with our emotions and that can lead us to destruction. So what causes us to hate? Well, we often put our wants and desires ahead of everything and everyone else. Jealousy also plays an important role in the development of hate. They have something or someone we want. We don't think they deserve what they have. In Esther 5.9, Then Haman went out that day joyful and pleased of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai at the king's gate, and that he did not stand up or tremble before him, Haman was filled with anger against Mordecai. That old green-eyed monster gets in the way and overrules our common sense. Make, makes us want what others have. Makes us hate other people. Okay, okay, I get it. I know I'm not supposed to hate, but I do. So how can I let it go? Well, one way to let it go is watch your mouth. Be careful of the words you say. In Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. I get it. You're angry. You're frustrated. And the more you rant and rave about stuff, the more you curse someone who doesn't agree with you, then the more likely you are to give in to your feelings of hatred for that person. One thing I can promise you, is that the other person will not be persuaded or swayed to change their mind, their opinion, or how they are acting because you are angry. So try this. Be humble. Don't be so caught up in your own opinion that you can't see anything else. Micah 6.8 This is what he requires. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. When you're humble and not too full of yourself, you have a much better chance of seeing life through the other person's eyes. When you don't think you're all that in a bag of chips, then there is room for you to understand a different opinion. Let things go. Ephesians 4, 31-32 Get rid of all bitterness. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. There's that nasty F word again, forgive one another. <laughs> Once you do that, you'll make great strides toward ridding yourself of hate and hatred. Try increasing the amount of love you have for others. It's not enough to talk the talk. You have to walk the walk. 1 John 4.20 If someone says, I love God but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God, whom we have not seen? Makes sense, doesn't it? If you're bad-mouthing people you don't know, but have heard about, then please don't pretend to love God. Increase your love for others. Well, but what if somebody hates me? Well... That's one of those things that is probably the most difficult to deal with <laughs> because we naturally want to get even with folks who don't like us or who we think have done us wrong. Yeah, in situations like this, I often think about the Apostle Paul and what he wrote in Romans 12:20. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. <laughs> 
for in doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. I discovered that when I was nice to someone who was being a real crank to me or when I just didn't react like they expected, they were totally surprised. It catches people off guard because they are looking for a fight. I find this especially true when people want to fight over political views. If I don't get emotional, just stay calm and noncommittal, they don't know how to react. Now, in some cases, it infuriates them because eh, that's okay. Because that's a them problem, not a me problem. Now, it can be tough to take that road, especially when it's an emotional issue. But it is possible. And that is where the ability to count to 10 comes in. Also, over the years, I have discovered not to automatically reply, but to let things settle down and to ponder what I want to say. Okay, ponder what I want to say. I want to think about it. Once I know what I want to say, I take a deep breath, relax. And then if I'm angry, I bite my tongue and change the subject. Well, that's going to do it for today. Remember, folks, Jesus tells us to forgive our enemies, letting go of our hate, loving our neighbors. It can be tough, but it can be done. We can succeed at letting go of hate. Try a short little prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, please send the Holy Spirit to me to help me understand how to control my emotions and let go of my anger and hatred. Help me to know what to say and how to say it. I know that I can do all things with you by my side. Well, that's all for today. Be kind to one another. I'd appreciate it. Oh, I'd also appreciate it if you'd subscribe to this channel. Don't forget the audio version of this is available at my site, cmttradio.com. That's cmttradio.com. God bless y'all and peace.